Prophet Ministry with Pastor Ron Boyd coming to you from Dunbar Township. Come and listen in to a radio station where the mighty host of heaven sing. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. Turn your radio on. If you want to hear the songs of Zion coming from a land of endless spring, get in touch with God. Turn your radio Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother Ronnie Boyd coming to you again today with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. And we want you to stay tuned because we're going to have a song here a little bit from Angel Band. And then we're going to go into the Word of God and talk about uh, how important it is to find a place in God. And uh, I was just preaching or teaching the other night at church uh, from the book of Ephesians, the second chapter, and about verse uh, 6. And he said, And Talking about God hath raised us up together and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now that's a, a powerful scripture whenever you really get into it. So stay tuned. We're going to have that song from Angel Bad. They're going to be singing, I'm so glad that he found me. Amen.
All right, I'm so glad he found me, but I'm also, since that day, I've been looking for a deeper walk with God. I've been looking for a place in God. That's what we want to talk about today, about that place, looking for that place in God, getting into that place where we can have fellowship with Jesus Christ, amen, and walk with him daily. I want to share that with you just a little bit in the Word of God today. What are you looking for today? I'm looking for something. And one writer said it like this. Uh, that was over in the book of uh, uh, Titus, uh, the third chapter. and uh, or No, second chapter. And I believe he said something like this. Looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So we're expecting Jesus to return uh, very soon. But in the meantime, to get salvation, to get the benefits that God has for us, I'm looking for something else. And I want to start, uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the 22nd chapter of the book of Genesis. And you know, I don't mind people following me in the Bible because that's all I'm interested in. I'm not interested in a philosophy or anything else, and, and I try to just to stick with the Word of God. There was a fellow in the Bible we know as Abraham. And Abraham was a friend of God. The Bible said he was actually God's friend. And uh, that's wonderful you think about it. Here's a fellow that uh, has a, a friendship with the almighty God. The one that created all things. Here's just a little fellow down here on earth. But he has a friendship. He has a friend. He and God was friends. And uh, that, that's something to think about. Well, God liked this fellow, and he chose him and uh, made some promises to him that looked like it was impossible, impossible. How could that ever be? He said to him whenever his wife was old and he was old and uh, too old to have a child, and yet God talked things like your children, your seed after you, that uh, your seed's going to be like the stars of heaven, your seed's going to be like the sands of the earth, talking about the fact that he'd have children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and right on down the line. And here, his wife and he both are old and don't have no children at all. And it looked like, how could that be? And yet, God brought it to pass. When they was real old, well-stricken in years, she got pregnant, and she had a child to Abraham. And he was called Isaac. There's a lot more to the story which I don't want to get into. Now they have that promised seed, that one child. They got that one child. Now all this promise that God has made Abraham is going to have to come through that one child. And uh, my, that looks like a, a big job. Can God do it? If God said it, can he perform it now? Well, the child begins to grow. Isaac's just a, a young fellow now. And you know what? The same God that made him all these promises said, I want you to do something, Abraham. Abraham said, okay, friend, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to take that child out, and I want you to offer him to the Lord. I want you to take him to a place, and I'll, I'll let you know where it's up on the mountains there. 
And boy, that would be a tough one, wouldn't it? And yet, Abraham, he had to trust his friend. He said, okay. He gets Isaac, he gets the wood, he gets everything, and he goes out, and he's heading for that place. And I want to start in the chapter 22 and verse 3 of uh, Genesis, just to save some time. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he claved the wood for the burnt offering, and he rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. And what I want to talk about today is there is a place that God has ordained. There's a place for you and I. And so Abraham goes to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up uh, his eyes and saw the place afar off. God's leading him to this place. And uh, Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship. And this is amazing. He said, Come again to you. Even though that the, he, he felt at this time, he was told to do this, he was willing to do it, and uh, offer up his son. He said, you, I and the lad will come to you. And uh, we know Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand, and the knife, and they uh, went both of them together. And about this time, Isaac's sort of wondering about something. He, he spake unto his father, and he said, uh, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham come off with something that's still ringing true today. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood upon the altar and bound Isaac his son and laid him upon the altar, uh, on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his son and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing that thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham got some revelation that day. And he, the Bible says here that he called the name of that place Jehovah Girah. As it is said today, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And that word Girah means that the Lord will provide. He learned something that day, the Lord will provide. And the Lord, Abraham had spoke it by faith. He said, son, he said, the Lord will provide himself a lamb. And one day at this place, one day at this place, a few thousand years later, the Lord provided himself a lamb. 
And that was the Lamb of God. We sang the song a little bit ago. And uh, how that uh, He alone is able to save us. And that Lamb of God was Jesus Christ. And God provided Himself a Lamb, just like Abraham had spoke here. Only thing is, God spared Abraham the sorrow of offering up His own Son. But God went ahead and offered His Son at Calvary that we might have eternal life. But the thing that stood out to me was Abraham had to go to that place. And I believe every one of us in our life, there's a place that we're going to come to if we're going to be saved and we're going to have to make a decision at that place. Abraham, when he got to that place, he had to make that final decision. Was he going to go ahead and do what God said or was he going to back off? And he got to that place, he had to make a decision. There's another story in the Bible about another fellow. And his name was Moses. And you find this over in, uh, let's see, Exodus. And uh, he began to question God. And he wanted to know more about God. And uh, he had got a little touch, but he wanted more. And uh, he said, uh, here's what I want. He said, I want your presence to go with me. And he said, I also, he said something else. He said, I, I want you, I want to see your glory. And uh, so the Lord said, uh, I I'll do this thing uh, that thou hast spoken. And so the way the story goes, I don't want to take time to read it all, but uh, we'll start in about the, uh, I guess, Verse 17, And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also, that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. Remember, Abraham was a friend of God. Now here, Moses is so close to God that God uh, knows Abraham, and Abraham knows God. He said, uh, God said, I know you by name. Or not Abraham, but uh, Moses. He said, I know you by name. And uh, he was very close to God. So God said, I'll do this thing for you. I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll do what you want. And, and uh, Moses said, uh, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness, God said, all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. And I want you to know tonight that there's some of us, well, I don't know about you, but I know about me. I need God's mercy. I'll tell you what, I thank God for his mercy, and I thank God for his grace. And uh, uh, the Bible said this, and I don't deny it, I know. I look back over my life, and even though that I've served God most of my life, there are still periods that I'm ashamed of, and I wish I'd have done things differently. And the Bible said that we have all sinned and came short of the glory of God. So uh, I thank him for his mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face. Now, this is God speaking now. There shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. In other words, if Moses wanted all this that he was wanting from God, he wanted God's presence to go with him, he wanted to see God's glory, you know what God said? There is a place by me. But he had to get into that place. There is a place in God. And uh, I believe that if we're willing to get into that place, that God can do great things for us. We have to come to a place where we can make a decision for God. 
We have to come to a place where we're really willing to turn around. The Bible said repent, not only repent, but said be converted. In other words, you've got to be turned around and start going the other way. If you've been going the wrong way, it's time to turn around and go the other way. You've got to find a place, though, where that you can repent and you can turn around. And from that place on, you walk a different way. You go a different direction than you ever went before. And uh, so God said, there's a place by me. And uh, said, thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it came to pass, uh, uh, it shall come to pass, while my glory passes by, that I will put thee in the cleft of the rock and cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And I will take away mine hand, and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. And God said, I'm willing to do this much. But he said, there is a place by me. So Moses had to get to that place. And when he got to that place, he found that there was a cleft out in that rock, a place where he could get down in and he could hide. And God covered him there with his hand. And then God passed by. If we ever understood today, most of us don't have a clue how powerful the Almighty God is. Because the world has served many different gods that was dead, had no power whatsoever. Gods of brass and stone and gold and brick and mortar, all kind of gods. But I'll tell you what, the true and the living God, if you ever understood his power, even get a glimpse of the power and the glory of this almighty God, then we would have fear upon us today. And you would... Uh, I uh, want to make sure that you did not offend this God because you know his ability. One time there was two uh, religious fellows. There was priests. And they were the sons of Aaron. And uh, they was told to do uh, service in the, the temple a certain way in the tabernacle. And uh, they went in and they decided it's no big deal. No big deal. So they just got some fire. And they offered what they called strange fire upon the altar. Now, God had an ordained way. When they did that, the fire of God came out from the altar. And the Bible said God is a consuming fire. And the fire of God came out from the altar and burnt both of them to death. It's a fearful thing, the Bible said, to fall into the hands of a living God. So... Uh, God covered him here, protected him, and let him see his hinder parts. Now, I wonder what that really means. Well, I guess God passed by and he just got to see his back. That's not really what that means. Let me give you a little revelation today. Do you know who wrote the first five books of your Bible? A fellow by the name of Moses. He wrote about creation. He wrote about the Garden of Eden. He wrote about Cain and Abel. He wrote then about how things went after that period down to the time of the flood. And he wrote about the flood and what happened after that time. And he wrote about the Tower of Babel and uh, what happened at that time. Where did he get all that information? Where did he get it all? God let him see the past. The past that God had ordained and how God had worked in the past. That's what he saw, really. He got the revelation of the past. And he was able to write the first five books of your Bible. 
He was able to write the history of the past. He knew what took place in the garden. He knew what took place in creation, how it came about, what day God did such and such. And God gave that to him and gave him the understanding and the revelation. And uh, then God uh, protected him in this place. But when he, you think about how powerful and how great that revelation was. Powerful. We still have it recorded today that we can read it. And how great and powerful that was. But you know what? He had to get into that place or he would never have got that revelation. But he had to get to that place. He had to get to that place. And I could just go from story to story, but I want to call your attention to something. Jesus talking to you and I. Now it's over here in the book of John. It's found in the 14th chapter. And if you've ever been to a funeral, you probably heard this preached. And, but I'd like to just take you a little deeper today. In the 14th chapter of the Gospel of John, Jesus said to his disciples, this is just before, shortly before he ascended up. He's still with them here, preaching to them. And he says this, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God? Believe also in me. Then he makes this statement, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare, now watch this, a place for you. A place for you. Just like he told Moses, he said, there's a place by me. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. And Thomas, he, he didn't quite understand. He said, I, I don't know where you're going. I don't know the way. And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And he said, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. Now, uh, most of the time when we preach that, we hear it at funerals, uh, it always comes across the same. And I'm not saying that there isn't something for us in the future, don't get me wrong. But there's something more into this than what they see. All right? How did Jesus go to prepare a place for you and I? He went back to glory after he went through the tomb. You know, he was crucified. They put him in a tomb. On the third day, third day, he was resurrected. And he had told his disciples, he said, at another point, he said, if I don't go away, he said, I'm going to send you another comforter. And uh, he'll abide with you forever. He said, but if I don't go away, that comforter can't come. And uh, so he went away. He went back to glory. And then told them to wait at Jerusalem until he sent back the comforter. The Comforter came, the power of the Holy Ghost, on the day of Pentecost. And you know what they found? They found a place in the kingdom of God at that point. The day that they was baptized with the Holy Ghost, they had found that place in Jesus Christ. And the Bible said that we are complete over in Colossians uh, 2 and 10. We are complete in Him who is the head of everything. 
we're complete in him and uh, he's the head of all principality power and everything else and how do we get in him is because he had a place by him in other words it was a place that we can get in the spirit that's why it's so necessary that we get the Holy Ghost it is necessary because then we're born into the kingdom and that's where he's at now I want you to think about this for just a moment every kingdom has a king or it wouldn't be a kingdom it wouldn't be a kingdom you can't have a kingdom and not really have a king so there's a king in every kingdom you know who our king is Jesus Christ is our king he's the king and uh, so we want to get into the kingdom then we're where he's at now what kind of kingdom is it is it a natural kingdom uh, like uh, maybe England or some of those places no it is a spiritual kingdom Jesus stood before Pilate and he made this statement and uh, Pilate was talking to him, questioning him, and, and uh, wanted to know who he really was. And Jesus said, listen, if my kingdom was of this world, then my servants would fight. So what he was actually saying is, my kingdom is not what you're looking at. It's not like the world, but his kingdom was a spiritual kingdom. You know what else Jesus said? He said in one place, he said... The kingdom of God shall be established within you, in you, within you. Now, I'd like to say this. I want you to think about it. If his kingdom is in me, all right, that means through the power of the Holy Ghost, all right, his kingdom's in me, then where's the king? Je you know what Jesus said? He's king. And he's in his kingdom, right? All right. Then he said this, I will be, he said, I am with you now, he told his disciples. I'm with you right now. He was walking with them. He was in flesh and blood just like they was and, and walking around with them and, and uh, eating with them and, and uh, healing the sick and, and praying for people and preaching to them and teaching them. And he said, I'm with you. But he said, I'm going to be in you. I thank God tonight. Now, whenever that I was born into the kingdom, that Jesus Christ abides in me. And if you have been born again, according to the scripture, Jesus Christ abides in you. That's what he meant when he said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Lo, I am with you always. In the third chapter of the Gospel of John, if you want to turn there, you'll find out that Jesus went on to a Jewish fellow. And uh, a lot of people think the Jews, they're just automatic, you know, they just, uh, because they're Jews, they just get it automatic. And uh, no, not anymore. No, that's all been changed now. And Jesus runs onto this fellow. He's a nice fellow. His name is Nicodemus, and he's a Pharisee. He's a very religious fellow. And uh, the Bible said there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, that means teacher. He said, uh, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. 
Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? He's looking at, you know, everything in the natural. And uh, can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of... Well, I see our time's going again today. It goes by so quickly, but we'll see you next week, same time, same station, with the Apostle and Prophet Ministry. And you have been listening to the Apostle and Prophet Ministry with...